Welcome back to the For the Ladies podcast, where we chat with women who love, work, and challenge the game of golf every day. I'm your host, Abby Liebenthal. Enjoy the conversation. of Ladies of Golf, where we introduce you to women thriving in the golf industry. Today, I am honored to introduce you to Ashley Mayo, Golf's Editorial Director and Head of Brand for 8 a.m. Golf. Yeah. Being here. Thank you for having me. It's been a long time coming. (laughs) I know. It has, for sure. So you have had an illustrious career in golf, obviously beginning with your time at um, Golf Digest, but before we dive into your career, I, I would love to just hear briefly about like your childhood and upbringing and, and what was that like? Yeah, so I was born and raised in Manhattan, which, you know, isn't the golfiest of places, yeah. <laughs> being that there is not a single golf course on the island of Manhattan. <laughs> um, so my, I, I, have a, I have a twin sister. And um, we were both born and raised there along with my older brother. Um, but we moved to Miami in right before 10th grade. Uh, and that's where we really learned how to play golf. So we were 14, 15. And uh, in terms of everyday golfers, that's a young age to start learning how to play. But in terms of collegiate golfers, that's pretty late to start playing. Um, but you know, in Miami, you have golf around the year, or you know, year round. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I'm hearing my 11 month old in the other room. I don't know if you pick up that sound. No, it's fine. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I hear it, so I won't be distracted. <laughs> uh, so in Miami, since you can play year round, we were just range rats, 365 days a year. Uh, and that's all we could do. So we got good enough um, to get, you know, get accepted into the University of Virginia and uh, play on the first women's golf team at UVA. Um, so yeah, long story short, we didn't uh, start learning how to play until a little later in life, 14, 15 years old. Um, but we were so addicted so quickly uh, that in three years we got decent enough uh, to hold our own uh, there in college. Yeah. How was it to join, um, you know, a college team that was just starting versus maybe going to one that was like more established? Were you nervous? How did you feel about it at the time? Oh, it was so exciting. Um, so my dad had gone to UVA uh, mm-hmm. and we always, that was a reach school for us. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, we actually applied to two colleges. One was UVA. The other one was a total safety school. So that's it. (laughs) (laughs) And so um, we were excited to, we had known so much about the traditions at UVA and how it was so steeped in history that we were excited to be able to just start something new there and be part of that uh, making history at UVA. Mm -hmm. Uh, I mean, the differences were, you know, when we went to meet the coach, she didn't have a team to introduce us to. <laughs> uh, we were literally part of the first. So we met all of our teammates on day one. Yeah. Uh, and that was so fun to, 
you know, be surrounded by a bunch of rookies and we were all in it together. And, um, you know, we didn't make nationals uh, the first year, but the next three years we did. And UVA now, the women's golf team there is such great. They're great. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, we, I mean, we weren't. <laughs> they are okay. <laughs> um, but to know that, you know, now that school is kind of known for having the best right. men's golf programs is, it's really, really cool. Um, and to this day, I keep in touch with those, those initial teammates that I had, uh, we're like, we'll be family for life. So that was really special. Nice. So did, from UVA, did you know that you wanted to move to Manhattan and that's like why you chose Golf Digest and sought them out or how did that come to be? Yeah. So born and raised in Manhattan, I kind right. of, I've always loved it. Um, I always knew that I wanted to go back. I didn't okay. realize that I would live there for 14 years after college. Mm. Um, but, but yeah, I, I, I knew that that's where I wanted to be. Um, and in my junior year of college, I had applied for a summer internship um, okay. at Golf Digest. And I knew that I had missed the deadline. Their deadline at Max was like November for a summer internship. I was like, who's thinking No one knows, that? yeah. <laughs> In November. So um, I sent my resume anyway, and they actually called me back. Alan Pittman, still the managing editor to this day, um, called me and said, you know, we got your resume. We can't do anything about this deadline, um, but we'll keep your info on file. And I thought that that was the whole, you know, it's not you, it's me speech. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> I was very flattered that he called me and uh, I ended up getting another internship at like a news station in Miami. Quickly Aww. ruled out any kind of broadcast. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or hard news. No thanks. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that ended up being well worth my while. But sure enough, Golf I just did uh, call me. Uh, during my first week of my senior year, mm. thinking that I had graduated the May before, mm. and they said, you know, position opened, would I be willing to go up, drive up to New York and uh, interview for it? And that was specifically at Golf for Women magazine, which was a golf mm. digest product. Um, and so I was like, well, I just started my senior year of college, but if I... I did the math, and if I took 18 credits that final semester, then I could graduate early. Mm -hmm. And they were like, okay, well, come up anyway, and we'll see. So they ended up, I interviewed with Susan Reed, editor-in-chief of Golf for Women, and a few other uh, folks, and they ended up hiring me and waiting mm -hmm. three, four months uh, for me to finish college. And then, so in January, um, before I was supposed to graduate in May, I drove up to New York, and that's when I started at, at oh. I was 21 years old. It's <laughs> great. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, and I remember for the interview, back then there was, I mean, Facebook hadn't yet opened to non-college kids. Twitter was born. Um, and Instagram was like way off. And yeah. .com was still very much only used to push subscriptions to a magazine. Okay. Um, so I remember I went to a Barnes & Noble shortly ahead of my interview and bought a bunch of magazines, ripped out my favorite columns, and created my dream magazine in like a binder with uh, clear, you know, page protectors. Yeah. Oh. 
So that's what I showed Susan Reed when I got there. And I think that's why I got the job because certainly if someone came and interviewed with me that prepared, I'd be like, okay, you're hired. On right. <laughs> I know you'll be great. <laughs> I have no idea at the time how, um, you know, as I've interviewed people, I, I realized that putting in effort just isn't the most common thing in the world, but kind of, you know, really sets you apart. So, yes. um, so yeah, anyway, uh, I started in January, 2007 and, um, it was, it was my dream job right away. Oh, so fun. Yeah. Um, I mean, like, just like, and I'm sure you've just seen so much evolve when it comes to the golf media space over like the last, I mean, five years, 10 years. Um, and, and a lot of that's pretty obvious, especially with social media, but, but what, is there something in particular that, that you've been really excited about to see evolve over the last, you know, few years? Yeah, definitely. I mean, since my time in media, we've gone from, in terms of golf media, sure. uh, and I think this applies across, um, we've gone from being able to tell a story in one way, uh, one time, to a certain group of, to one group of people, one mm -hmm. audience. Um, and it, it's always been a big audience in my case. I've been lucky. I started, you know, at Golf for Women, Golf Digest, and it was a, a large audience, but they were only people who consumed information from a print product, yeah. Um, and that product went out, you know, people don't realize how far in advance magazines ship. Like right now at Golf Magazine, we're shipping the September issue, the US Open preview issue. Right, yeah. A lot can happen between now and then, and yeah. you can't really be reactive, proactive, you know. Uh, it's, it's, it's a certain type of storytelling. It's beautiful, um, but, it's very, it feels very finite and yeah. um, final. So uh, we had that one way. And now there are just so many ways to tell your story and um, to tell many different kinds of stories. We can tell, you know, up to the minute stories. We can, uh, you know, just, we have limitless amounts of resources and space. So um, that's been the most exciting thing to me. And widening and broadening the audience yeah you know, now it's it's a mistake to think that uh, the people who read your product or consume your information from a print in a print format are the same people who consume your information uh, from instagram and sure. um and knowing that it, you can be either frustrated by that thinking oh you know there's too many things yeah <laughs> yeah or you can realize that your audience has just exponentially grown. Yeah. Um, and to learn who is on those, each of those platforms is, uh, is really interesting. And, yeah, it's and a fun change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's been the most fun thing for me is really understanding who lives where and what kind of information you should tell. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's so, it's so interesting. I mean, yeah, it, it changes by generation, it changes by just personal interest. And um, yeah, it's really exciting. I think that um, obviously like your career responsibilities have like grown throughout the years, they've shifted as golf media has evolved, but, but now you are also head of brands. And what has been uh, that shift been like for you? Um, you know, being in golf media and really focused and excited about that and audience development. 
and then you know transferring some of those skills into overseeing some brands yeah i think ultimately um when i'm working with the various brands so 8am golf umbrellas six golf companies and they're all quite different um ultimately what we're trying to do is position them in the most powerful way possible in terms of how they interface with consumers. Mm -hmm. So, you know, in, in um, let's say true spec in that example, um, oh, which, you which know, we love. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that's a perfect example of a way that we're trying to get true spec, um, position it in a friendlier, more accessible way. Mm. Um, I think uh, a lot of times, you know, if you know about respect, you know that it's awesome. Um, but it can seem a little, you know, oh, that's for people who have money, you know, like, sure, <laughs> sure. yeah, that's not for me, you know, but I think by, by doing things like hosting for the ladies events there, um, we make it seem friendlier and more accessible and like, no, this is actually a place that you should consider. Even if, you know, you don't think that you can spend an extra fifty one hundred dollars on getting that driver exactly right mm -hmm. um, come check us try us out and, and uh you'll you'll see that maybe it is uh worth that extra investment but if it's not that's fine too uh, we're still happy to have you yeah um, so we're, with 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 in the case of true spec we're trying to make club fitting less intimidating and more approachable um, and I think we do that with through a number of ways through excellent customer service I mean if you've ever gotten a fitting there you know that the touch points throughout the process before during and after are um, tremendous and mm -hmm. the, the fitters really care um, and also demystifying what it means to fit for loft and lie and what bounces and you know we're really trying to educate um, golfers with all those terms so that's just true spec. Right. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, for golf.com and golf magazine, you know, we're trying to use those platforms to really celebrate golf. Mm. And I think we made the smartest decision ever um, last year at around this time to say, hey, we write a lot about news. Um, and uh, most of our traffic is generated from our news stories. What if it's, but it's really hard to distinguish your voice mm -hmm. when you're writing about the same thing that everyone else is writing about. Um, what if we decided to keep writing about news because that's very important, but really double down in terms of writing about the lifestyle and the, um, the, the, the passion around sport, uh, golf and, and the sport that we play um, and really celebrate that because most golfers, they're avid. And right. you know, I, if, even if you only spend two hours uh, every now and then playing nine holes or four hours playing 18 holes, your life outside the golf course is consumed by golf. And you're thinking about it and you're looking up, you know, accessories and, you know, it's right. just, you're, it kind of consumes you. So identifying that and really doubling down in instruction, equipment, courses, um, style, paid off big time when the PGA Tour took that 13-week hiatus. Sure. Um, we, golf.com was actually the only uh, media site in, in golf to uh, show year-over-year -year increases in traffic 
um, despite not uh, being able to report on what's happening. Um, so, so yeah, for the second consecutive month, we're the number one site in golf and wow. it's so exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that's just another example of, okay, how can we position this brand to make it consumable, friendly, approachable, and, uh, a really important part of uh, a golfer's life. So that's, that's been the super fun challenge. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, and it's just like, and there's so many brands and each of them has different audiences. So I'm sure it's fun. And, and for you, I'm sure it's fun because you kind of get to interact with all different types of golfers, whether they're super oh, yeah. avid or they're a fringe golfer kind of just getting into it. But, um, it's kind of a fun opportunity to see the whole landscape. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. So fun. Um, so over the last few weeks, you know, we have tried to address women of different backgrounds and races who have maybe faced obstacles in their careers. Was there um, like a turning point or a moment for you ever where you just had to take a step back and think about what you wanted from your professional life? Oh, yeah. Um, well, you know, I am Cuban. <laughs> People don't realize that. Yes. <laughs> I'm undercover. Yeah. Um, I don't think that that, I always wonder what my career, how it would have been impacted if I had my mom's maiden name, Garcia. Okay. Um, you know, just because then people would really know that. Yeah. And, and Spanish was my first language. I'm fluent. I, I love identifying with my, my Cuban side. Mm -hmm. um, but I think more than anything, being um, a woman in, in the golf industry has impacted my career far more than being Hispanic. <laughs> okay. Very few people know that I'm Hispanic. Um, and I have always counted it as a huge blessing. Um, I have knocked on wood, um, never felt, uh, you know, like I've had to overcome anything uh, because I'm female. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I understand women who have felt that way and it's got to be awful. Um, but luckily I have worked in environments that have really appreciated that aspect um, that I bring to the table. And, and so that's been uh, a huge blessing. But I would say that the, the moment in time when I really had to sit down and literally write out a list of pros and cons and should I do this? Should I not? To, to think about my career and the future of my career was when I did um, get this offer to work at AM Golf from Howard Milstein and, and Hoyt McGarity. Um, and I had a really, I, I was so happy at Golf Digest. Um, I, that was my dream job and I thought right. I would be there, uh, you know, forever and ever. Uh, and so accepting this job that I have now was wildly difficult. Um, and uh, one of the most, um, you know, challenging uh, decisions, the most challenging decision I've ever made in my professional career. Um, so, but I don't regret it for a single day. It was the best decision I made, even though Golf Digest was my dream job and could not have been better. Um, I think, you know, transitioning over and really growing at, at, at 8am golf, uh, is the best thing that I've done. So, uh, it's been really fun to learn about all the different industries, 
um, whether it's gaming and apps through Golf Logics or club fitting through TrueSpec and staying in media in the form of golf magazine and all that, yeah. um, it's been it's just so much fun. Oh, good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. everything always works out in the end, but there are like tougher decisions that you have to make. Yeah, so. yeah. <laughs> it was, it's the best. <laughs> oh. Well, you are also a new mom. We did hear Jones in the background. Yeah. And um, I'm sure that's just, I would think, I'm not sure, I'm not a mom, but um, I think for some people it has brought on a new perspective to work-life balance or, or just, you know, appreciating both your professional and personal life. Um, so what would you say is kind of like your philosophy to happiness in growing your family and your career? Yeah, I'm still figuring that out. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the last uh, four months, I'm not sure when this is uh, gonna air, but you know, we're, we're sitting on August 1st. Who we'll let that happen? So, I know, it's so bizarre. <laughs> Um, so it's been, you know, about four months, four plus months um, that we've been working in quarantine and yep. working remotely. Um, and just two days ago was the first day that I was able to hire help to help with Jones since March 13th. And it's been the ultimate juggling act. Um, yeah. By far the most challenging thing I've ever done um, because my husband and I both have very full-time jobs. And uh, now we have to take care of this little man that we love so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, it's, it's been a real challenge um, and one that I'm still trying to figure out how to master. I feel like a lot of times, um, even if you, if you follow someone who you think has it all and yep. really, it's not the case. <laughs> Right. And I want to be the first to say that uh, I feel like I'm doing a very mediocre job at everything right now. <laughs> <laughs> so if you feel the same way, you're not alone. Right, right. Um, and, uh, and, and I've just come to accept that that's just the reality right now. Um, but with, with that help that I was able to get two days ago and yesterday, um, and, and going forward, I'm going to get it three days a week. I, I'm really excited about that because I love what I do. And, I, and I'm really excited to be able to put that hat on exclusively um, for even chunks of time. But I would say that um, something that's really helped me is just letting go of the nine to five ideology mm -hmm. um, and just working consistently throughout the day, but then being okay with taking an hour, 90 minutes off, even if it is in that nine to five realm. Um, I don't know who created that structure of right. must work from nine to five. <laughs> and then at five o'clock, when you when go, you go. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, no, I, I, it's, it's around the clock for me, but I also um, like forgive myself for, you know, attending, tending to Jones or um, tending to certain things that are not necessarily work during work hours, because I know that I'm on before and after those work hours. So it's really just coming up with a structure that works best for you, and what works best for you would look very different for me, and that's okay. Right, and being confident in that, like, you're doing it the right way for you, because I think... Yeah. 
Yeah, because I think I've, for someone like me, like I, I don't have children. I would love to have a family someday, but there is like a fear. You're like, gosh, you like you hear about how stressful it is, and and can you make it all work, and can you have it all? And so I think, like, I, yes, I think you're showing, you know, you can have it all in the way that you want to have it all, and like that's important to you. Yeah, you have to just forgive yourself. For yeah, certain- I like that. You have to forgive yourself. Yeah, we're so hard yeah. on ourselves. We are, yeah. And I feel like we're, I guess, the second generation now of women mm. who are truly have jobs and we have our, not jobs, careers right. that we feel passionate about. Um, and we're not necessarily willing to let them go to raise a child, um, our, our children, <laughs> uh, even though we love I love being a mom and sure. I love it way more than I even thought I would. And it's the best thing. Um, but I also love my career. So it's, I feel like we're far, part of the first or second generation of women, you know, who are really embracing both things. And, um, and it's been fun. It's been a fun challenge. Um, but we're navigating these new waters and society is still very much built around the man works and the woman stays home. Sure. Um, and, and that's changing, but it's pretty slow changing. Yeah. Um, so it's been it's been interesting, um, but I certainly wouldn't have it any other way. Good. Good. Yeah. Well, I will um, let you go, but before I do, the last question I always ask is, you know, what advice do you have for women who would like to pick up the game of golf? So I'm seeing a lot more women pick up golf or yes. have interest in golf. Um, post-COVID, mm-hmm. <laughs> and realized that golf is one of the healthiest things that you can do. And I think that's why golf.com is, is really excelling because we're doubling down in instruction and service and all that. Um, and more people are drawn to the sport than ever, it seems. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so my advice for women specifically is just have fun. You know, smile out there. You're, I think a lot of people, when they, they hear playing golf, they think, Oh, I have to be super patient because it's really hard. And, um, oh, I can't embarrass myself out there in front of all the guys. On the right. I have to wear certain things and act a certain way. And part of that, a, a shreds of that have some truth in it. Um, but by and large, uh, if you just focus on the fact that this is a sport, it's a game, it's a hobby, whatever mm-hmm. you want it to be, um, and it's meant for you to have fun. It's just an outdoor activity. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, it brings you to beautiful corners. It can bring you to beautiful corners of the earth. And it can help you spend some really quality time with people that you love. Um, then the whole mindset changes. And uh, it, it, that would help you realize that, oh, I'm supposed to relax out here. Like, right. this is not... A job, you know. So I think that's the thing that I see a lot of women do is they tense up on the golf course, or they think that golf is unapproachable. But it it really it can be that can be true, but it shouldn't be. Right? Um, it doesn't have to be. Definitely doesn't have to be true. Definitely. So that's my advice: is just smile, have fun, uh, embrace the challenges, and um, more more practically, I would say that. Um, there are two things to remember when uh, you're playing with new people. One is they will not remember what you what you're shooting. They won't even keep track of that. No. Uh, 
No, they're, they're keeping track of their own score and much more invested in that than anything you're shooting. Uh, what they will remember is your attitude and mm -hmm. you approach the sport and do you get angry after shots or do you laugh them off? Um, that's what they'll walk away remembering is were you a pleasure to be around or kind of uh, did you weigh everything down? Uh, and then the second one is just pick up the ball. <laughs> right. Be grinding over a putt for 12 on right. any hole, you know. Um, pick it up, keep it moving. Uh, yeah. You're a beginner, it's okay to not finish holes. Uh, totally. And, yeah. And so I think that the two things that people will remember about you is were you fast? Did you keep up? And were you a pleasure to be around? Mm -hmm. um, and so. After that, just do you and, um, and welcome to the sport. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> and just know that it's not as intimidating as it can be or it can seem. Um, and, you know, golfers are just the best people. So uh, it's, it'll be fun. <laughs> well, thank you so much for your time this morning. Um, and hopefully we get to see each other soon and, and tee it up. Yeah, I would love that. Yes. <laughs> Enjoy the rest of your summer. I'll talk to you soon. Okay, sounds good. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to today's episode. Our original music is composed and performed by my talented and wonderful friend, Ryan Young. If you're looking for more from For the Ladies, visit us at fortheladies.net and on Instagram at fortheladies. That's F-O-R-E.